0: I don't think PR is gonna die by any stretch of the imagination, so at least for for us, for my marketing mix, PR is actually a very important channel because it allows us to reach a lot of people at a very low cost in comparison, Hmm. you know, whether you were to do advertising and if you do it well, it can generate a lot of word of mouth, so you're actually getting loads and loads of impressions that, you know, it's impossible to get with advertising.
1: Hello, fellow hoteliers and welcome to I'm a Hotelier podcast. I'm your host Kiran Girija and I'm so excited today to have Miguel as our guest on the show. Miguel is the director of brand marketing at Rove Hotels in Dubai. Rove is a contemporary mid-scale hotel brand from Ima Properties and Miras Holding. Miguel, thank you so much for taking the time and joining the podcast. How are you doing? Tell us a bit more about yourself and your work.
0: Hello, thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, I'm the head of marketing for Rove Hotels. I've been with the brand now around six and a half years. I actually joined Rove before we opened the first hotel. So it's oh, been nice. quite an interesting journey.
1: Great. Now, before we jump on to the questions, what does a normal workday work week look like for a hotel marketer? know it is different from different industries the objective of the podcast is also to make sure that everybody understands what hospitality is about so tell me about how does a work day and a work week look like for a hotel marketer like you
0: so actually, for me, it's probably very different to many hoteliers because with we drove, we have currently nine properties in the city. So what mm-hmm. it means is that I'm actually always moving around between hotels. Right. So not two days look the same, but generally very, very dynamic. What I mean is I, I cover a lot of different areas because, you know, from digital to PR. So, so it's always new projects coming on and new things to do. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's quite i don't get bored let's put it that way
1: right i mean of course you always have something to do at the same time i think from hotel perspective because hotels also had different departments the rooms divisions and all of those things makes a good mix and like you said there's always new interesting stories to tell right
0: yeah, I mean, and obviously for us, the thing is there is many different hotels and each one has kind of a different story in a way. Sure. So it's cool to like always be mixing projects or jump from like, you know, a pure branding project to, okay, let's do an activation. Yeah. So so yeah, a lot of meetings. We do a lot of like brainstorming so meeting with agencies. So at the moment I handle around five agencies because we outsource everything from PR to brand design to, web developments, so I'm always meeting agencies, maybe potential right. partnerships and so on.
1: That's good. We, we touched upon pandemic during the start just a little bit hoping that during February things kind of end of February maybe things starts getting better hopefully. What do you think about this whole pandemic? What focus has changed from a marketing perspective? I'm, I'm sure a lot of things move to digital but other than that what do you think has uh, impacted hospitality? So
0: what, what I'm seeing is that the environment is very dynamic, right? Because you don't really know what's going to happen next. You know, before you used to put together like all these plans for the year almost, kind of have a very clear vision of what you wanted to do. And I think that doesn't apply anymore because it's yeah. impossible to plan so you're always like you know you live day by day in a way you have a more or less rough idea of what you want to do but yeah. but then you have to figure out along the way that's one thing so it's, it's been short term for us but it's also short term for people mm-hmm. traveling right because no right. one plans ahead because yeah. you don't know whether you know the border is going to be closed or whatever it is well, the lead time um, has
1: really gotten short now Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very mm. much. Like before, we used to say that you know people coming from Europe they would maybe book on average two to three months in advance, right? Like now that doesn't happen. Like they maybe book like two weeks in advance, and definitely the the other thing is the focus towards the local market. So it's being a big shift towards trying to make the most out of the local market. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Rove, we capitalized on that with, for example, the monthly stay. Mm -hmm. That's something that we've gotten well known for because we caught it very early on during the pandemic. So I think we were probably the first brand to come out and and kind of advertise our monthly stay rates. Mm -hmm. And I think that really worked for us and it carried us through the whole pandemic period.
1: I think during the pandemic period, the hotel apartments did really well because a lot of people were staying over. Yeah. And I think from a digital perspective, the lead time got shortened for most of the markets. So accordingly, the strategies also moved. It became more like short activations for campaigns. Yeah, that's brilliant. In a way, we were able to utilize the marketing strategies according to the market's behavior. You mentioned about utilizing the local markets as well. How did you manage influencer marketing? And that was my segue to the another question. Where do you think PR is headed? Is it eventually going to die with the influx of influencer marketing? Or do you think it's going to stay as an extension of PR?
0: I don't think PR is going to die by any stretch of the imagination. So at least for, for us, for my marketing mix, PR is actually a very important channel because it allows us to reach a lot of people at a very low cost in comparison Mm -hmm. to advertising. And if you do it well, it can generate a lot of word of mouth. So you're actually getting loads and loads of impressions that, you know, it's impossible to get with advertising. So just to give you an example, we have the only hotel in Expo 2020. So when Expo opened a few weeks after, we did this uh, campaign where we said whoever brings a minimum of 100 stamps, the first 100 people to bring them, we give them a free night stay, okay? That lasted less than 48 hours. To this day, we get questions about, you know, can I bring my passport and get a free night? And it's like, that that was, you know, that didn't last. That advertising is impossible. Yeah,
1: did you expect that when you were planning it?
0: No, we thought it would go fast, but not that
1: fast and yeah. i think the market was also behaving in a way i mean the staycation market picked up big time right yeah but do yeah, you yeah. would you would you put influencer marketing as part of pr or would you separate it and and add that as a subset of the digital space
0: i, I would put it as part of it Mm. but i think each has their own space at the end of the day pr or influencers they're all a tool right it it depends on what your objectives are different brands are also going to use it very differently for us we've taken the decision until now not Mm. to do paid influencer marketing so Mm. at the moment everything that we've done is being on barter basis and the reason for that is because i look at it in from an ROI perspective i understand that i'm getting certain But Mm. in reality, it's very hard to measure whether I'm getting my investment back. Mm. So if I'm giving a few nights away, it's not really a big problem. But if I'm paying Mm. 20, 30,000 dirhams or whatever it is, I would like to get, you know, at least my return back. So yeah, until now, I I haven't really gotten to do that because the way at least I've operated for I've looked at digital marketing in a way where I would like to compete with at least, you know, OTAs in terms of performance. So I would like to be able to match or improve the cost of sale that an OTA gives. So if I'm going to pay a 15% commission on a booking, at least I should do that or less on my own website. Otherwise it doesn't make sense for me. Yeah, You,
1: You made a good point there. How do you kind of work with the OTAs and at the same time drive a a book direct strategy. Now, I always ask these questions to fellow hoteliers, like what is your top tip for book direct strategy? What is the one thing that you do the best to drive qualified traffic to the brand website and what's working for you?
0: Yeah. So for us, what has really worked is being a combination of having good promotions that we can only have on brand, but then combined with trying to diversify our online marketing in a way where we have loads of channels that are performing well and a very strong organic. It, it's in a way, it's a boring answer, right? But. But it's, it's the truth, if you have a very good promotion, and then you make sure that you have the right channel mix there and you diversify and you monitor and you make sure that everything is performing, it will really improve what you're doing. So I've done that exercise of the last few years. I mean, obviously with Drove, it's been a journey because, you know, when you start with one hotel, obviously your cost of per booking is crazy for the website. Yeah. First of all, people don't have options, which is something that an OTA, no, you can choose not... so many hotels. While here you come and if you don't like the hotel or you don't like the rate, you have to, you'll go somewhere else. But as the brand has started growing, then and you have many different locations and price points. And stuff, then yeah. you can start really bringing down your cost and right. you can start really competing with OTAs. I think in the long run, the objective, generally for hoteliers will be to try and at least minimize the OTAs Hmm. as much as possible. Because the problem is not really Paying the commission as much as the fact that OTAs do have a lot of, you know, if something happens with an OTA channel for whatever reason you're not there or the OTA suddenly goes bankrupt or whatever, you actually lost so much business.
1: Like you said, the reliance on OTAs will continue because, you know, like you said, there are markets where OTAs are very strong. They're technologically strong as well. Their back end is strong. From a tech perspective, they're strong. They also invest money in promoting the hotels and the destination. At the same time, it's important to find the right balance because you also need to make sure that you are getting traffic to the website which is your lowest distribution cost it's also important to make sure that you capture the data when the ota bookings come in and then try to convert them as a direct booker we talk in hospitality about guest loyalty as well right the question is basically do the guests really care about these loyalty points because i have worked in the past with crm systems and the objective of a crm was to personalize the whole journey of the guest pre-booking during stay and post is that what guests care about or do you think the guests still care about the points that they get
0: so i think honestly the majority of loyalty programs the way they're designed mm. i don't think they really work for the average person because yeah. when when you're maybe going for holidays like twice a year or three times. I mean you're never going to make enough points for yeah. you know for them to amount to something. Either you you make it some sort of registration format where you know by just subscribing to the program you have access to a certain number of benefits or you make it something interesting and different. I think right. otherwise it doesn't really add too much. Now yeah. I do see definitely the value of a CRM system. That can yeah. personalize and that's something that I'm working on because that can really help you let Leverage your own data, and make the most out of it.
1: Yeah, tested and tried model for different industries and in hospitality also. It's very relevant because hospitality is all about service, and if you can give that personalized service through digital technology, then you know I think there's no looking back there. We mentioned about loyalty program, and it all comes back to loyalty partnerships as well, right? And you have done a really cool partnership campaign like gaming, Crank Fitness, Podcast Studios, and really interesting ones, which I haven't really seen much within the hospitality space. What was your thought process and inspiration to do and activate those campaigns?
0: So the idea, to be honest, was to be different and stand out, but, but in a way that not just for the sake of it in a way that really highlights the, the brand and the identity and you know, personality of the brand. And in a way, it's also it's a very good way to get into niche, like target audiences, because then you're offering them something that they're very interested in and they're very passionate yeah. about. And then also, you know, leveraging the, the collaboration with other brands, th- then you can really maximize your reach. Like yeah. for us, we have a very good relationship with, with Nikon and with the Nikon team. And right. I've been working with them for the last four years. So we actually started just doing some, uh, like, where we would okay. go around an area of the city. And generally, the the whole thing was around un- Uncommon Dubai. So we would take people to places usually that haven't they haven't really seen so much mm-hmm. or they don't know about Dubai. And then, you know, it's like... From a Rowe's perspective, we kind of take care of the logistics, the registrations and so on. And then Nikon takes care of the the photographer that's going to lead the tour and also we both cross-promote. And those tours, like from the first moment, they were more than sold out. I mean, we had usually like maybe 30 spots. We would get like 500 registrations. And then it became a routine, you know, like we would do multiple. Mm -hmm tours a year. And from then we jump to, okay, you know, let's do, like, we did bootcamps for Nikon creators, where they would spend a full weekend at Rome. Obviously for Nikon it's great because they get to show all their cameras to their top creators and so on. And Mm -hmm. from our side, we get a bunch of content that we can use and we get some promotion out of it. And then that naturally developed into, you know, should we do a studio? Mm -hmm. should we have like our own space and you know it's something that we can also sell but honestly money wasn't really the end objective if you look at the rates that we offer at the studio it's very affordable compared to what you can get anywhere else and part of it is because we've been trying to get into how to make all these spaces accessible for you know for the community so it's like connecting with different communities of people and different niches, yes
1: yeah Quite interesting how, how you were able to create that, you know, community approach within and finding that niche and targeting it to that particular niche and you know finding the right balance between different brands, which is which is quite interesting. I think it's something to really take home and learn. Uh, I'm coming to the end of the podcast, and finally, I want to end this with one tip, one you know, one hack that you want to share with your fellow hoteliers. It can be anything. It can be like you know books that you recommend. It could be a marketing strategy that that you have tried in the past that will help our listeners.
0: So I think for me it's perseverance. To be honest, you can try so many things, and I can tell yeah. you there's been many campaigns that have gone wrong, and there's been many things that didn't really work out right along right. the way. But I think you just need to find something that kind of works, and then you start mm. perfecting, the formula, perfecting the formula and perfecting the formula and eventually that becomes you know something that you're really good at like for example i had zero experience like three years four years ago in uh, in pr zero Mm -hmm. experience and i was kind of you know i was told you have to lead the pr you know and you need to do stuff and at the time obviously it took me almost a year to really kind of you know get into it and understand what I had to do and how I can really make the most out of it and talk to media and you know yeah. find interesting angles but once you start seeing you know that something is working then you start leaning more towards it and finding new ways to approach it and now it's become like a natural, like I mean like an actual skill like yeah. I can understand more or less what I believe will have you know coverage and what media will will talk about. It doesn't happen all the time. You can yeah. make mistakes and it's part yeah. of the process. Yeah. But for the most part, I can really understand, you know, whether an idea mm-hmm. has some generate conversation.
1: It's a good point because it comes with, uh, first of all, it comes with experience. At the same time, it also means that we should keep trying, trying and testing out new models. And it, like you said, it might fail. And but at some point of time, there must be a winning formula that you might find and, and a blueprint that you can really apply all the other campaigns. That's, yeah, it's a great tip. Once again, thank you so much for joining the uh, podcast. Thank you for inviting me. And where, where can listeners find you? Are you on, I'm sure you are on LinkedIn, you're on uh, Facebook, Instagram.
0: I think the best place is LinkedIn. Yeah. All
1: right, great. Once again, it's just great having you on the show and thank you so much and hope to catch up again.
0: Thank you very much. Take care.
1: bye Hey, before you go, thanks a lot for listening. I know you could have spent your time anywhere else, but you decided to listen to my podcast. Thank you very much again. I would appreciate if you hit the subscribe button. If you're a fan, leave a five-star review and let your friends know. My email is kiran at amahotelier.com. Let me know if you or anyone else in your network would like to be part of the show. Send me a note with the feedback, topic ideas, or whatever it might be. That's a wrap. See you in the next episode. Take care.